1: right, it's been a couple weeks since we've done a death lineup with brian on a work trip in london i saw he was out in paris i don't think he's hanging out with jay-z and kanye though uh ben cruz is here to hang out with us for a little bit we're gonna talk trade deadline and also i want i'm gonna ask this question and i want you to hold your answer for a couple minutes okay did Andrew Wiggins okey doke the Warriors into keeping him? <laughs> we'll see. We don't know yet because the trade deadline still has a couple hours until it is up. Uh, and uh, I guess the only real big deal that I saw that was of any sort of implication uh, was the Bogdanovich to the Knicks. Yeah. That yeah. was uh, that was very interesting. And man, they're they're. I think they think they have a chance. That's awesome.
0: I mean it. That lineup on paper seems really fun. I mean, it's a it's a very much a 2K lineup right now that I want to go run. Uh because it's just it's just very well rounded. You know, and I say this with the Julius Randle injury. Yeah right? because yes. I think he's like the awkward fitting piece of that team. I just I don't know if I think everyone outside of New York is saying that. Uh, but I think everyone, you know, Knicks fans alike are are just they believe in this team and they should. But this team without Randle, I mean, that's a fun team. Uh so
1: Great, great stuff by them today. I guess I saw uh, Gordon Hayward to Oklahoma City. That was, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'd have to do some reading. I'd have to really look into OKC. But just, all, you know, just on the top of your head, what, what does Hayward do for the Thunder here? I, I mean, my biggest thing with
0: him is, is he going to play? Yeah. Right. I mean, and the, the injury stuff aside, I mean, let's just say he's he's healthy for the sake of this conversation. I don't really understand the fit there. I mean, I guess it's another playmaker to play next to Shea or, you know, you stagger with Shea. But then you also have Giddy, who's obviously he's had an interesting year. But statistically, he's he's been a little off, but he kind of plays the same way that Hayward does. So yeah. I don't quite understand the fit. But, I mean, I, I guess you're going for veteran experience there. That one was a little funky to me. On paper, Gordon Hayward great addition but in reality i think when you dig when we dig a little deeper with this it's not going to be as impactful of an addition as probably they hope
1: yeah i would have thought size right a little bit of height cuz they kind of play they they're like the the warriors from like 2000 and like 16 where you know there's nobody sure taller than like 68 or something in, in their best lineups but yeah the the gordon hayward thing it's like okay josh giddy in fifteen years, this is what you're gonna look like. <laughs> like, yeah, just two white dudes who he can handle, who can yeah. create, uh, and and may, maybe it, maybe it's like a a, a thing for Giddy, for, like for mentorship. Or here's how you you know here's what you need to do to be become what what we want you to be. Look at this guy. That's that I mean, that could be interesting. But I,
0: I, I, I mean, to your point of you know comparing him to the sixteen warriors, it could just be a situation where they have a lineup where essentially all five dudes could create right where you run shea you run uh jalen johnson you run hayward you run giddy and then you run chet at the five Mm -hmm. uh maybe it's maybe that's the thinking there i i I think with it, it i think it's a funky fit but if it's them considering oh we need to maybe lighten the load off of shea's shoulders a little bit i can understand it from that perspective but again is he gonna play is is probably the biggest thing for me
1: yeah uh, all right. Let's talk about Andrew Wiggins. I, I gave you that question because now text messages and group chat messages aren't necessarily analysis. They're often very reactive and, you know, Andrew irrational. Wiggins, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins has had some moments to where I am sure people in group chats are firing off texts and, and messages saying, we, we got to get rid of this guy. He's killing us. But since Draymond came back, Andrew mm-hmm. Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga together with Draymond have been really, really good. And I saw the defense come back for Wiggins last night because there's been a lot of situations where he'll get screened and then he's trailing his, his guy like he doesn't really get through the screen. He doesn't go under the screen, but he he kind of like. It, there's like a delay and he's still trailing and it ends up with somebody usually shooting a wide open three pointer last night. I thought he was fighting to get through everything and he was contesting. He was making it really hard for uh maxi to get where he wanted to go. And I was like, wow, you know, where has this Wiggins been all year long? And I guess that's part of the problem is, you know, he needed a little bit of a kick in the butt, it seems. Or maybe there's other stuff, because we know last year with the personal matters in his life that that caused him to, to sit out. We don't know any of that stuff, so we can only basically judge on what's on the court. Sure. But man, he looked like a completely different player last year. That was uh, one of his best games of the season, I thought.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, it obviously helped that Embiid you know wasn't playing and they've now beat the sixers essentially twice uh in the last what week and change. Yeah, uh, and, and B played in the last one but that that's that was the uh the, the fire that lit this whole you know forcing him B to play conversation right. So uh I mean you're right last night he looked really really good obviously was the best player on the floor for the warriors uh which is a wild thing to say and again this, you and I were talking about this before we hopped on. Uh, Draymond's return, just kind of sliding him back into where he, where he is from a positional standpoint, from a basketball standpoint, is huge. And not to play, not to get too psychoanalytic here, but it might have also slotted him back in there mentally, right? Because without Draymond last, whatever, during his suspensions, <laughs> plural, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he probably had... He probably had that thought of, you know what, I gotta I gotta step up. I gotta be X, Y. I gotta be that I have to be that number two guy now to Steph because Klay's not playing as well as you know he has in the past. And I don't know if Wiggs is built for that, if that makes sense. And and now that you know Draymond's back, Kaminga's rise, Steph playing at an elite level. Like he's he's kind of being re-slotted back into that fourth guy. And I think that's where he he thrives right where the pressure's not on but as a fourth option any other team would kill to have an andrew wiggins type player as a fourth option right and and look for someone who gets paid as much as he does uh and and the trajectory that we thought his career was going to take after the 22 finals i get that's disappointing probably to hear or to come to that realization but if that's what Wiggins needs to kind of embrace that role and then just kind of find himself again, uh, you, you know, you just got to do it. It's, it's kind of like the, uh, the piece that Marcus wrote, uh, Marcus Thompson wrote yesterday about Clay Thompson, about, you know, find mentally you, sometimes you just have to find your role. And that's what helps uh, no. you know, play better on the court. So maybe it's, maybe it's, I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm being too psychoanalytic here, but it's, it's really hard to fully explain why without Draymond, him and Kaminga were what a, a minus 106? And yeah. then together with Draymond, they're they're a plus 74, according to Anthony Slater's article today. It's 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 wild, man.
1: By the way, we are I am refreshing Shams's uh his his Twitter constantly, just in case something happens. Just in case so Wiggins before. gets straight in the middle of this conversation. <laughs> I, I like what you said though, because Draymond obviously is centerpiece of the defense. And you would think, based on what we saw in the finals, that if Wiggins had that responsibility, now hes it's going to be a different responsibility than Draymond's, but that he would go, okay, now with Draymond out, I'm the best defender, and in order for us to compete, I really have to ball out defensively to make up some of this stuff. And I also got a rebound, and that's what he did last night too. But then there are so many moments where he just looks so sleepy out there, like just, you know, going through the motions. And yeah, you know, 82 game season, we get it. But this dude has been like, you know, he's been the best player on his team since he was probably 10 years old, all the way through the Minnesota years. And so you think, hey, you know, you've, but you've been this dude before, you know, you could, if the team needs you to be kind of the, the best player, the second best player, you could, you could do it, but that's just, hasn't been his role at the Warriors. So uh, I like that point, And I just hope that, you know, the, the other thing that w- we could have all these high hopes, you know, cause they're 23 and 25, they're fighting to get back to 500, but the second somebody else gets hurt, it kind of just deflates your expectations. Cause we're always looking at this as, okay, what do you do when the roster is complete and healthy right. and yet it's almost never complete and healthy. And, and so that, that is also going to be a big part of this. All right. You talked about clay that I, I felt like Marcus's uh, piece on clay was almost like a, can somebody make sure Clay reads this? You know, Clay's, <laughs> Clay's very anti- My fellow Thompson <laughs> brother. <laughs> Clay's very anti-social media and reading the comments. Like, And and I'm with him. I, I don't think I'd be able to do it as oh, an no. as a, 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 NBA player or celebrity. I can't do it now, WG. Uh, yeah, podcasting. exactly. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. You know how many people I block on Twitter who just come on to troll? I don't even give them a chance to have fun. I just immediately block. Yeah. Uh, so... Clay has had a rough patch. He's had a rough season. This is statistically his worst season of his career. Uh, his shooting percentages are, are down. Like, I like when I watch and I see him pull, I'm like, the shot looks exactly the same. Like, there's nothing different. And, you know, maybe the defense is a little bit closer to him than, than, than they have been. And uh, I, I want to say, I'm trying to think of, I, I can't, No, remember exactly who the credit was to give whether it was Bill whether it was Russillo or somebody else on the uh, on Bill's podcast who came on and they said the difference is that without the athleticism teams close out on clay without having to play the drive so they just kind of they they just close out harder without any worry about getting beat because he doesn't have the athleticism to then beat them on the drive. I thought that was an interesting point because if you go back and there was somebody retweeted a, the Warriors beat the 76ers in 2017 and they were down by like 20 in the third quarter. And it was just clips of the Warriors scoring and coming back. And some of that was clay open in the corner up fake drives, hits a midi. And that you don't see that right now from him. It's either if the three's there, he pumps it. Sometimes, if it's not there, he pumps it. And if it doesn't, he pulls it back and, and he swings it. So, that I, I actually like that theory about the athleticism and the closing out piece. But ultimately, like, w- what is Clay for the Warriors right now? He's still starting. He may not be closing. Guy Santos, our guy, closed over him a couple of games ago. And I think that was probably a little bit of a. A uh, thing that hit Clay in the heart, but uh, it is also realistic based on what Marcus wrote. Clay needs to find a role. He needs to evolve or devolve as a player because he's not he's he's not that same guy he was even five years ago.
0: You know, I, I've really tried to figure out the Clay thing too, and I appreciate you and Brian in our group chat just bearing with me as I as I tweet through it. Essentially, <laughs> just our, my text figure just going nuts. I really kind of piggybacking off of the Wiggins thing, and this is a whole Warriors thing that I've really just been trying to figure out this whole season because it's just been it's just been weird with Clay. Uh, I believe the the you know the the Bill segment you're talking about. I think he was talking to Rob Mahoney, my guy. Okay, that's who. It was. Um, and it was a great point, and it's true, right? That you 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 can see it every game, right? That the way that defenders are not closing on Clay, and even in some cases leaving him open, yeah, right, and no at Clay's peak at the Warriors peak the spacing was so devastating because of his gravity as well right everyone talked about Steph's gravity Clay's gravity was just as devastating to defenses because it it tilted them off balance right of just like their coverages and now you know everyone has made a big deal about you know Clay's acceptance of his role right and he's He's been one of the guys who's almost pushed, of the three, of Steph, Clay, and Draymond, I feel like he's pushed back the hardest, right, on any discussions about his his talents diminishing, the team diminishing. And in a way, I feel like this is father time saying, guess what? <laughs> I'm still here, yeah. right? Because you, you don't hear Steph talking about it ever i feel like draymond acknowledges it here and there you kind of see the grays in the beard a little bit
1: yeah talking about all the young guys need to save us every once in a while (laughs) right so that's
0: an acknowledgement right of like hey we're on the other side of this clay has been the one who's just been again pushing back like i'm still here you know counting the rings pointing to his hands, and all this stuff and i feel like it has just been a huge mental hurdle for him to one not be as good as he was you know before he tore his acl and then subsequently his Achilles right i think that's a hard, he he was he said it to slater in that now what's now like a viral uh interview which it, it kind of to me it seemed like a no duh thing but his acceptance of this i think has been a lot slower and therefore i think has hindered him more than the other two guys and again i I, this is where I've resorted to with this season. Double G is just psychoanalyzing yeah. each individual player because, look, he's he's shooting thirty seven percent from three. Right, any player if this is if if any other player is shooting thirty seven percent from three, we're talking about them as a key deadline piece yeah. right now. Absolutely. Right, where you're like, who, who? What contender is this player going to end up on? Now, a lot of these guys who are hoping for that aren't making what Clay's I think at forty three million dollars this year. Marcus's piece, you're right. It seemed like a, if he embraces this, if he fully embraces, hey, there might be nights where I don't close and that's okay. Yeah. Right. Because of, the, also because of the structure of the team, there's, there's a lot of overlap there, right? It could, it, obviously, Guy Santos was, I think, an extreme, as much as <laughs> we <you> love Guy, <laughs> right? But are we having this discussion if, let's say, it was Moody who closed over him, who people have been clamoring to play in general? Yeah. Right are we having this discussion if if CP three was healthy and he's playing over Clay, I mean maybe CP or GP two because he maybe he's you know he's locked in as a defender. So if Clay can kind of find that almost that healthy mental space, just say, Hey, look, I am not I don't need to score twenty points a game anymore. I don't need to be a defensive stopper anymore. I just need to do my job okay and we will be okay. But Mm -hmm. it's it's the classic case of him just pressing. You can see it, right? It's last year. I remember everyone hyper focused on that Suns game where he was clearly chucking it, right? He was trying to shoot himself into rhythm, and I feel like this entire year has been that. And there have been games where he's found it, right? Where he's led the team in scoring. He's dropped thirty, but for the majority of it, you know, for the most part, again, this is why he's shooting career lows, you know, percentage wise overall right 41% from the field 42 I guess you want to round up it, it, it's a sign of a guy who's he's just pressing yeah and you're right the shot is still there the shot still looks as good as it's ever looked you know if th- <laughs> when, when you're at you know like I was at Universal Studios two weeks ago and my jumper has been the same <laughs> my, my jumper form has been the same since I was a you know a kid and I've always been an okay shooter but look, I was trying to win our daughter a Simpsons, a giant Simpsons <laughs> stuffed animal, and I had yet to make it in one of these buckets. <laughs> when you're thinking about it, when you say <laughs> I have to make this or the world is over, mentally that takes a toll on you. And look, I'm nowhere near the shooter or the basketball player that Klay Thompson is. But as a, you know, we got to start diving into the human aspect of this, right? He's 33. He's coming off two major leg injuries. Why can't we look at it that way? I don't know. We we lean on the stats a lot, and we're just, you know. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time, and if you love the filet o fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba 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 ba. The reason why you are trying to look at it from a human perspective is because we've just watched these guys forever, mm-hmm. and the coverage yep. locally is fantastic to the point where you almost feel like you kind of know these guys a little bit <laughs> That's just right, because yeah. the coverage, the coverage is, awesome. Right. Marcus, Great. you can, you can, and, and Kawakami actually, uh, he did an interview with Richard Deitch uh, the other day. And I thought it was fascinating because it was really just about being a reporter in journalism. Sure. And he was, he was saying how the reason why the athletic Bay area coverage is, is so good is because the reporters have relationships with these guys and they're they're trustworthy and he was saying how marcus has a relationship with steph he's like think about how valuable that is to marcus but also think about how valuable that is to the athletic is marcus's relationship with steph and so when you talk about clay we we treat him almost like a member of our family because we've (laughs) been watching him since 2011 right and we've been just watching his entire career we sort of we, we feel the ups and downs the uh the thing about his position is interesting to me because back in the day when he used to guard the lead guard on the other team he he just plays defense hard 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 shot goes up and he doesn't have to worry about getting the rebound necessarily he just has to worry about where the shooters are if they get the rebound Sometimes I see that on defense now with him, where he's he's like, you know, he, he's obviously closer to the bucket now because he's guarding bigger players. And so shot will go up and he's like, I ah, did my job. I'm like, brother, the ball is bouncing right to you for a yeah. rebound. You gotta turn around and get it. So sometimes he he doesn't he doesn't have that aggressiveness when it comes to the rebounding and when it comes to you know the boxing out piece. And maybe that is also a part of it. Maybe it is a little bit like okay, I need to get a little bit bigger. I need to get a little bit stronger. This is kind of where I go. I asked you yesterday, what are are the comps to someone like Clay? Because, you know, I imagine what's killing him the most is he's like, oh, yeah, me and KD had the same injury. How come he's still balling out like he's never missed a step and I'm not? That's probably got to be killing him. But you mentioned Sean Livingston, who was a crazy athletic player in his youth. who had to change his game, became old man game Sean, old man game S dot. And you also mentioned Grant Hill, who had all those ankle injuries and who also lost his athleticism. And he turns into like a corner three-point shooter, mid-range guy, still could handle and still could pass. It was nice, yeah. Yeah, but he always had the ability to pass, always had the ability to handle. So But those guys are are, are guys who had the ball in their hands, so there's a little bit of a different style, and Clay is more – You know the shooting part is so much of how he feels that his value is. So yeah, I I don't. I I mean, those aren't exact comparisons, but I thought that they were pretty apt because you're talking about guys who were at the top of their. You know, I don't think Livingston ever got to where people would have thought he he may have because the injury was so early in his career. But Grant was one of the best players in the league before he got hurt. You know, got hurt a bunch of times. So for Clay, you know, yeah, I I do wonder what Sean. Would have to say to Clay about how he reconfigured his game to match what his body was uh, as he got older?
0: I mean, Dot mastered that kind of mid range, right? When I, there was, a, he, when he was coming off the bench for the Warriors uh, during their championship runs, there were, every time I saw Sean play, I, I thought the midi was dropping every single time. Yeah, you know he's what like their I mean?
1: best post player too. He was, yeah, he was
0: he was just a <laughs> he was such an interesting fit for them, but he fit perfectly. And you know, Clay I I feel like he's almost he's almost averse to shooting the mid-range a little bit, right? It's 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 I feel like he he plays like a a 2K my player like in the neighborhood. It's like it's threes or you're to the cup. Like he's still trying yeah. to do that because yeah. he used to be able to do that, right? And you know, you you referenced KD earlier, you know, and and if you know if there's a a wonderment on Clay's part of like why, like what's the chasm here, it's because KD's mid-range game is elite, right? It's one of the best
1: in the history of the league. He's also Uh, seven feet tall. (laughs) Right.
0: And he's uh you know, he's he's an all time, he's arguably a top ten, top fifteen player. Close
1: out with a small guard on KD, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, and
0: you're you will you'll get demolished. And yeah, I mean I think also the difference there is, again, the two devastating back-to-back injuries, right? The ACL is one thing. People have come back from torn ACLs, right? But then to tear your Achilles right after, like right when you're on the precipice of being back. Do you remember that? That day, that draft day, uh, was it 2021, 2020? Whenever they drafted Wiseman? which Trying to, uh, you know, or 20, yeah. So it's a... um, I think that's a big part of it too, man. Is just th- that recovery process, I think, took a toll on him. And I, I think the when his return, you know, in, in 2021, 2022, it almost might have clouded the, the real, you know, the reality that was coming because he comes back. Remember that first game against the Cavs? Does a dunk <laughs> right away. And you're like, oh, he's, he's fine. And then they win the championship. <laughs> right. So it's. In his mind, it's like he never missed a step. In reality, he missed two full seasons of his prime. Yep. Right, which is an insane thing to think about. So, again, he's, he's missed two full seasons. So, uh, you know, the, maybe he's, it's it's some clay math, right? We always talk about, you know, <laughs> boy math, girl math, all this stuff. But maybe this is clay math where he's like, I've only played this amount of games. I should still be yeah. this elite of a player. Yeah. I You know, it's... The, the the Marcus article really was was something that kind of even for me honestly put it into perspective of oh he's he's not horrible right he's there are games where he's clearly pressing and he's cost the warriors a couple of games um close games too uh but there's also been games where they're not in it without him it's it's this weird back and forth with him i feel like this year and you know if he if if he just kind of floats in the middle ground which i think he's that's the most hesitant he's been to do has been just hey hey i am now a 15 to 17 point per game scorer. am i okay with that i and i don't know it, last night what he had 14 i think uh 15 so you know maybe it's the start of it but it's uh it's gonna take more than just one a one game sample size
1: yeah, we don't. U- I don't usually record podcasts on game day because basically, by the time we put it out, the next game is already over. But the reason why we're doing this today and early, I'm putting this thing out early before the Pacers game. One is because of trade deadline, but also just because of our schedules. This was the best time that it that it fit. So, you know, I was going to say, yeah, Clay's game against Philly was was really solid. Like I would say, he had a solid basketball game, and we'll, we'll see if he can keep that going though. Indiana's young and fast, and and the, they they run and oh, they're going to pro- run. Probably not the the best team for Clay to kind of get into a groove on, but uh, but they also don't play a high. lot
0: of defense. Yeah, so... that's true. That's <laughs> true. This <laughs> this there be may be, be some open shots for
1: him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, by I, the way, he hit eighteen last night. By the way, I don't, I don't want to shortchange our guy. I don't. Want yeah, short... I think he was like four or
1: five from three or something. Four or like five that. from three. Yeah, fifty percent from the field. That's a that's a that's a good Clay game. And he even had a closeout. And then he drove to the basket, and for some reason there was no seventy-sixer within sight. Like they I don't know what they were doing. Oh, they are
0: team. without him B, that team is whew, They they really gotta hope he's healthy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Latest trade, by the way, from Shams, uh Charlotte is trading PJ Washington to Dallas mm, for Grant Williams. Oh, poor Seth Curry and a pick. Oh no, really? Yeah.
0: I got to believe those those guys are going to be redistributed or re yeah, re uh, or sent somewhere else. There's no way those, those two guys are actual valuable rotation pieces for an actual good team.
1: Yeah, it would, it would be interesting to, it would suck for them to be in Dallas and you're fighting for a playoff spot and then you get sent to the team that has like 10 wins all season long. Um. All right, so a couple other things before we get out of here, because we both have uh, a shorter stay because it is our work day. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I put on my calendar lunch at 9:45, so I'm sure <laughs> yeah. people are like, "Huh?" Um, Jk, we got to talk about Jk. This has been the Jk. I think everybody has been waiting for. He is unleashed. He is making smart decisions. They are trusting in him. He's playing big minutes. I mean, he's the guy that they go to when they just need a two-pointer. Like, it's almost like, gosh, you know, we're slumping here. JK, go get us something at the rim. And he either gets fouled or he gets a bucket. Or there's still some cases where he's kind of up in the air with no place to go. And, you know, I know people in in his position, they would say, well, he needs to keep working on that shot. You know what I think is even more important than working on that three-pointer? W- ball handling because he's handling yeah, he's gotta the ball get tighter. a lot. Yeah. Got to get a little bit tighter. And to have more than, like, he's got a nice little post move where he kind of fakes and he turns around and he shoots a little turnaround jumper, you know, right, but be- almost almost around the free throw line, maybe a little bit uh, closer than that. If he had one more move to where he could get, you know, not that he has to go to the uh, Akeem Olajuwon. School uh, <laughs> of Dream Shake or anything. How much is that?
0: Fifty thousand dollars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I really do think if he worked, you know, on a, on another post move, it would free up a lot of stuff. Because at some point, you now he's a young dude, but all the dunking and the running up and down and crashing and stuff is going to catch up. Like I would like to see him, you know, have one extra like go to move and then improve that handle because he does handle the ball a lot and he's getting by guys. What's going to happen is teams are going to smarten up and they're going to put their best wing guy on him to frustrate him out before he gets to the cup. And that's where he may have to pick up his dribble and then pass it back out.
0: Well, I mean, to counter that, wouldn't that be beneficial for the Warriors though? Because right now their best wing, the opposing team's best wing defender is usually on Steph. Yes. Right. So if they want to pull that move and put them on, put that defender on Kuminga, I mean again that just flips the script for Steph and then he's what he's being guarded by the second best defender and that that yeah. really uh, opens I, him up.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm more it. thinking in like open court scenarios sure. where, sure, sure, sure. You know, you you kind of you kind of switch it a little bit but then you trust JK. I think he's he, he's actually made some really great passes. He and and some passes have been a little off, but the idea has been there. So I, that's actually the thing I'm uh Second to him just getting to the rim at will. That's my second favorite thing about him is his ability to see things before they happen. Because usually in the past, he was like a half second too late and then it wasn't there anymore. But now like he, he's gotten clay and Steph butt naked wide open threes just because he's actually attracting a little bit of the defense now. So I think that opens up even more. And to your point, you know, if, if they, have to use a, a guy to, to stop him from going downhill, then it just opens up stuff for everybody else. So, uh, yeah. I mean, uh,
0: it's, oh. that, it's that classic cliche of the game is slowed down, right? Mm-hmm. And you can actually see that with him because, you know, the past two years, he seemed to be in a rush. And now it's... He's so much more patient. It, it, it's just wild to kind of see this evolution, like, in the middle of the season, right? And especially... You know, after what it, that report from a couple months ago, you know, he lost all faith in Kerr, and th- that you know th- the season just seemed to be kind of going even more. The down. one,
1: the one faux pas for J.K. this year was that. Yeah, yeah, that,
0: and that I thing. think he, uh, you know, him and his team locked that up, and that's totally fine. But it's, um, it's been interesting to see the Kerr almost have to deviate from you know <laughs> the uh, the democracy of an offense where it's everyone's got to touch the ball to just hey if we need a bucket and you know uh you know in the half court we're just gonna have Steph set a screen for him right yeah and just try to get JK downhill and just see what happens and let him make decisions that that's that's why because you're right he's become a better passer like I think that's been one of the biggest improvements in his game overall but again that that doesn't come without one, the playing time, which I know has been a big talking point about him in general, but also just the trust from Kerr, like that's, that's wild. Again, there's also just, you know, I, I try not to put Steph over too hard just to come off, not come off like a homer, but what other player, great player, all-time great player, is just looking at some third-year guy and saying, you know what, let me set some screens for him. Real quick, after I just went off, or I took 38 shots the night before, or whatever it was. You know what I mean?
1: So, Steph's playing the-, the long game, right? Because he knows yeah. that as he gets older, he's going to need a second guy. And maybe that is JK, and, or, or maybe JK is the third guy and they bring in a second guy. But he knows that the better that Kuminga is, it's going to help him because Kuminga is drawing attention. And and, you know, he may have to set a screen, but then the screen action actually f- screws up the defense. And then Steph sometimes is like more open than he is uh, usually uh, in that moment. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with it. Uh, and I really I'm so glad that they hung on to J.K. and J.K., almost helps these younger guys. Cause you see Lester and Guy closing out these games. It's like, wait, is this the bizarro Steve Kerr? What happened here? <laughs> but you know, with the injuries, he was kind of forced into leaning on the momentum and the athleticism and Guy Santos diving on the court for loose balls. And he's like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's allow this to keep happening because otherwise, uh, you know, we're stuck with, you know, and some of it is Dario got sick, but man, Dario just he, for, for <laughs> he's had it if he's not making threes the it's almost like he, he's unplayable so uh we'll we'll see what happens there but um you you and I both have meetings to go to but I wanted to ask you one thing before we yeah. get out of here it's unrelated to the warriors what is your super bowl prediction here
0: oh god uh and I honestly have avoided all super bowl prediction content because i'm i'm sick nervous me too about it <laughs> I, um, oh my gosh, I, and this is, again, I haven't looked at, I haven't even looked at the line, the betting line since the conference championship. I think it's ended.
1: pretty much the same. It's, it's I very close still, to what it like was. Minus
0: two Niners. Yeah. yeah two yeah. and a half. So it might
1: have even gone up to two and a half.
0: Up? Really? Uh, that's interesting. Uh, I'm going to go Niners. The straight homer pick. Uh, I'm gonna say it's a close game, and I, I, if if everything is true that they they had that defensive meeting with Steve Wilkes and the entire defense that they disagreed, what happened against the Lions was embarrassing. Yeah, and they've locked, they've tightened up everything they need to tighten up, and they say, look, we got to get pressure on Mahomes or it's over. Yep, against our secondary, the Niners' is only okay uh i i I think that they can do it
1: I, 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 heard, I, think, uh, I think
0: they can run against I think they can run against the chiefs,
1: yeah, I think it's gonna be a weapons thing with them. I think Shanahan is going to uh be really creative because he's got to take a little bit of pressure off of Brock. I think Brock, you know most people hope and cross their fingers that he can handle the pressure, and he's shown that you know he's a tough dude, this is yeah. just a different stage and a different level altogether, but by doing by creating opportunities for Debo and CMC to kind of get out loose and and uh, shake free a little bit i think that takes some pressure off him the i saw demo <clears throat> lenore was like yeah you know last time we played the chiefs Patrick Wilhelms went crazy on it. It's not happening this time. I'm like, dude, it doesn't even matter. You like you 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 don't matter in this. It's gonna be whether or not they can get pass rush. That's yeah. the whole thing. That's
0: literally their entire defense. Is because yeah. if they get pass rush, that secondary all of a sudden becomes elevated. Right? Yeah. It's, if you're comparing it to, to the Warriors, it's when the Warriors defense was elite, Steph was fine. Right. Yeah. Steph yeah. was fine. The, the pseudo point of attack defender. When your defense starts to slip
1: a little bit, you know. Steph has really? never seen himself on an island so much in his life these days. <laughs> I
0: mean, especially since he's getting older, like people are just attacking, like, And attack like, like you should, right? Yeah, you, you want to exhaust him
1: on the other end.
0: So absolutely, it makes a whole lot of sense.
1: All right, Ben, thank you for doing this. Uh, shorter pod than usual, but we had to fit it in where we could get it in. And uh, yeah, the, the as far as the the trades so far. Nothing going on. Um, oh, I guess uh, David Roddy to the Suns for oh. a pick swap as part of a, a three-way deal uh, with Phoenix and Brooklyn. So that's another another thing there. All right. Thanks to Ben. Check out Wednesday Worldwide for you pro wrestling fans on The Ringer and also uh, Austin Rivers' uh, podcast I know is blowing up, and Ben is a big part of that on the producing end. So uh, check it out. Ringer.com for Ben. I am double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace. Out. Peace.